This is Mike Corey from ESPN, and you're listening to the Sports Objective Podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Pirates. Welcome into the Sports Objective as we bring you Crew 22 as we do a, have another great player, Bubba. You uh, always do a great job for the show, but yet again, um, nice job on this pickup, uh, not only for the program, but obviously for the show as well. Yeah, very excited to be joined right now by the newest addition to the Pirate defense, and that is Nevada, excuse me, Nevada grad transfer and rush linebacker and defensive end, Jack Powers. Jack, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. Um, really looking forward to what's in what's to come in the future. But very grateful for you guys and obviously the university. Yeah, can you give us a background of uh, obviously we're pro ECU, but uh, why did you choose to be a pirate? You know, um, things happened fast in my process in the in the last couple of weeks. And uh, I took a visit out there, and it went great. And I built a great relationship with the coaches. I got to meet some of the players. I got to be in in Greenville, and and so everything just kind of lined up right where where I felt at home and I felt comfortable. And, and obviously, it's it's a very far place from home, um, but just the people, the culture, what Coach Houston has kind of done and, and has going for him in the program, it's it's very attractive to me, and it's something I'm looking forward to being a part of. Jack, tell us a little bit about your experience at Nevada. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it the proper way because I you know I, I tend to to mispronounce that. But uh, tell us a little bit about your experience there and sort of what kind of led you to um, you know to to hitting the transfer portal because that's become you know more common than ever. I'm just kind of curious, right. you know, uh, if you were just kind of just looking for a change of scenery. Right. Um, honestly, I, I had a great experience at Nevada. Uh, I graduated there. In three and a half years, so I'm I'm an alumni there, and, and that's something I'll take with me forever. However, um, you know, recently a lot, the majority, ninety five percent probably of the coaching staff, has uh, gone to different schools, and you know, there there were a lot of people that joined into the portal, and and being a graduate transfer, I have two years of eligibility left, and I figured it'd be a great opportunity for me. Um, to just kind of get out, observe, and, and see what's the best option for me. And, and like you said, like a change of scenery, something different, um, being able to step outside of my comfort zone and experience something completely new. Jack, one of the things I will tell you about Pirate Nation, we have some of the most passionate fans. I mean, we started this podcast almost four years ago. We've got a lot of people between watching now and later uh, and, the, and the of course, the traditional podcast form. But uh, certainly one of the things I think you'll learn about this team in Eastern North Carolina is kind of like, Matt, I don't know, you can chime in on this, Matt, and Bubba maybe too, but it's kind of like a pro team, East Carolina, because we're pretty much the the one big university and we don't have pro sports in Eastern North Carolina. So it's kind of like a pro feel, if you will, when it comes to the passion that Pirate Nation has for it, for the team. Right. And that's, that's something that was very exciting as well. 
um, to see the support through social media when I got offered, when, when I announced I was committing to hear while I was in Greenville, how important football was. Um, and I understand we have a great baseball program too, which, which I'm so excited. I love supporting the other athletic departments. Um, but just knowing that support's going to be there and, and how, how you guys support the team and, and the university, it's, it's pretty impressive and something I look forward to being a part of. You know, Jack, before we dive more deeply into, you know, becoming a pirate, I want to talk about your experience there in Nevada. Um, you know, coming out of high school, you had an opportunity at the FCS program in UC Davis, um, very well known in the FCS ranks. And um, I guess is Dan Hawkins still there, guys? I believe he is. Um, Coach Hawkins, you remember from his time at Boise State and also the University of Colorado. But uh, but anyway, um, talk about um, that process and how you chose Nevada and then Coach Norvell and what he meant to you. Obviously, he just recently took the job, as you referenced, uh, at Colorado State. Yep. So uh, coming out of high school, I really had two Division One walk-ons. Um, Nevada being the only FBS walk-on opportunity I had. And Nevada is only about a two-hour drive from where I'm at, just outside of Sacramento. So uh, coming out of high school, I thought it was a great opportunity. It wasn't too far from home, but it wasn't it wasn't right next door. Like, I was going to be on my own at college, but I could always come home if needed to be. Um, and Coach Norvell and, and what he was doing, I think, is similar to what Coach Houston has done. Um where he's, he's created this program and he flipped it around the year before I went to Nevada, they were three and nine. Um, and that was coach Norvell's first year. And I believe I won seven or eight games every year. I was at Nevada. I went to a bowl game every year, um, won two of them. And so just knowing that coach Norvell had plans like that and, and seeing kind of the shift in the program that was happening was something I wanted to be a part of now being a walk on, you're for sure betting on yourself, you know, going in, you're, you're not looked at the same as the scholarship guys are. And so I definitely had the mindset to go in there and prove myself. Um, but I can't say enough good things about coach Norvell. Uh, great guy, great football coach. The way he runs his program is it's, it's very, you know, it's, it's not easy. He, he requires you to be a hard worker um, and a great, a great man. And that's one of the things I like about him the most, but that's that's basically it from there. Kind of piggybacking off what you're talking about and your experiences there at Nevada, playing in uh, or going to four bowls um, there as a program um, this year and what the, the potato bowl, uh, the fa famous Idaho potato bowl. Is that right? Yeah. This okay. year we actually went to the Quick Lanes Bowl in okay. Detroit, Michigan. Okay. Uh, but – I'm sure during the process um, with Coach Houston, Coach Harrell and company, one of the things that came up is you, you being able to bring that experience into the locker room, a locker room that in uh, a culture that has become a winning culture, a program that had not been to a bowl uh, since 2014. And um, it, prior to that was very used to going to bowls. And so we're getting back to where, where we've been in the past and hopefully beyond. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to it. And and I'm hoping that I could come in and positively affect the culture and, and the team and and we could go win some bowl games and football games in general. And Matt, help me out, but I believe that the 
linebacker position. You're a former linebacker for the Pirates. The linebacker position, if my memory serves me right, looking off the, thinking off the top of my head, is a room that we need a lot more depth and a lot more experience like you bring, Jack. So I'm glad that you uh, – we're very happy in Pirate Nation that you're coming for many reasons. But one is that that's an area that we need, uh, especially on the defensive side, that's the one area we need more people in that room. Yep, I'm I'm very happy to be here. Very happy to help in any way I can, and just want to go out there and win some games. Now, Jack, we have a question on YouTube from Axel, and he says, um, "What's your positional strength and uh, or greatest positional strength, I should say, and what excites you um, the most after watching film of this East Carolina defense, a very attacking uh, defense under Coach Blake Carroll, and obviously your position coach, uh, Tim Douse." Yeah, so. Uh, from my perspective, I think one of my biggest strengths is the ability to use my eyes. Um, I think I prepare very well, and that allows me to to kind of see what's coming and, and put myself in positions to be successful, um, maybe even before the play even happens. Um, and something that really excites me about this defense is, like you said, like it's a very aggressive defense. All the players were excited, and, and they say it's a lot of fun to play in, and and that's something that I, I like being in. I like opposing will on other people. I like, um, you know, having offenses sit there, not really knowing what we're going to do next, being unpredictable and and uh, the different kind of looks that we can give. I really enjoy that. I like having some some different looks and being able to do a variety of things. Yeah, Jack, I, I got to say, as a, as a, you know, former defender and just talking with a lot of my older, you know, teammates, this type of defense, I mean, I'm very jealous that I didn't have an opportunity to play in it. I'm, I'm envious because it really is attacking. It's, uh, you know, you always hear the terms now in college football, multiple, right? Everybody likes to use the term multiple, whether it's a three-man front, four-man front. But, you know, there's no doubt this defense is definitely multiple. It's a lot of different looks. It's exotic pressures that come from all over the field. You'll see free safeties coming. You'll see corners coming. Um, it looks like a very fun defense to play in. I think you're going to love it. And, you know, Jack, I had a chance to just watch your, your, your film, uh, which I always like to do and very impressed, you know, two things that really kind of jumped out at me when I watched you on film, number one, your motor, you seem like you have a very high motor. Um, and you know, you play very well with leverage. Um, you know, I've noticed as, as well, you do a lot of things, you know, really good things out there. Um, so how do you kind of see yourself projecting into this, into this multiple scheme? Is it going to be, you know, uh, attacking on the edge? Is there any chance you're going to play any middle linebacker at all? Or are you going to be on the edge? I think I'll be in the, on the edge for the most part. Um, but ultimately I'm, I'm just going to do what the coaches need me to do and contribute any way I can to help this team. Um, but I, I think I'll be on the edge. Um, but like I said, I'm, I just want to help and, and win some games. No doubt about it. Um, Jack, what is your uh, what is your impression when you when you're from the West Coast? One of the things we always talk about is you know trying to get more exposure for, for the program in general. And we feel like we're the best kept secret on the East Coast for sure. Um, what was your impression of East Carolina kind of growing up, um, just being so far away? You know, what what, what type of impression did you have of this program? Growing up, um, honestly, I, I didn't know too much about it. Like I said, like I'm 
I'm in California, it's very far west, coast to coast compared to you guys. Um, and so I wasn't really too educated growing up. And then as I got into high school more and, and obviously playing at Nevada, I, I learned a lot more about the American Conference and how competitive it, it is and how great of a conference it is. And and I started watching those teams and, and you know, we, we would play Boise who just played UCF. So we'd be watching film and I'm watching UCF's defense and, and stuff like that. So I became more aware of the conference and the teams in it. And that's kind of when I started learning more about ECU and, and kind of the different teams in there. And, and I, I gained a lot of respect for the American Conference and the teams in there. And ECU finished, I think it was third this year in, in the American. Um, but there's there's a lot of great teams and a lot of great opportunities to compete. No question, Matt, you were talking about that exposure. That's one of the things that we want, Jack, is um, not only the first thing that helps uh, the team, obviously, the state and the obvious is winning ball games. But the other thing I know Matt was alluding to is the fact that we want to have more of a national brand and guys like you come and experience, I think, over a hell help. And then I think with uh, scheduling games outside, we want to have regional games because that helps us financially, you know, not traveling too far. But at the same time, I think the fellas and I were talking about, you know, if it's a team in the Midwest, if it's a team uh, out, out West, um, that would be great. I remember guys, uh, when we played the University of Washington back in the 90s, you remember that, Matt? I know you probably do. Um, games like that, that really bring, uh, that helps us out with uh, games that we have now on ESPN Plus. Right. Uh, but, but putting us on a national level that we really feel like we deserve to be. Right. Yeah. Jack, I don't know if you know this, but, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, Dave and Bubba, uh, next year, I believe, I, I want to say it's the second or third week of the season, we are playing in the big house. Yep. In Michigan. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. I did see that. Um, season opener for 2023. Yep. So there there's, <laughs> there's a lot of cool games on our schedule. Um, but I believe the first one this year is NC State at home. And oh, yeah. looking forward to that. And, and that's what, that's what I'm going to be focused on coming in there. I'll tell you what, they, uh, guys, one of the things we that we're looking forward to is, uh, by the way, folks, uh, make sure you get your – make sure you go ahead and make a plan for season tickets, one 800 com. Let's have this place rocking. Guys like Jack Powers, they wouldn't have made the decision to come to Greenville. Uh, that's one of the things we're going to work on really hard, Jack, is to get more people back, not only for our program because it had been down until Coach Houston took over, um, but, you know, we've had COVID issues, obviously, for the fans to come. And also, um, here in my living room, I have a 65-inch TV. There's a lot of people uh, like a Semenza who they may love college football. When we're not playing at home, they're going to be glued to their TV 12, 14 hours a day. Right, so we got to right. find a way to bring those people back. And, and hopefully you're one of those guys that can we're hoping and counting on to to get the excitement up where we're winning game after game, especially NC State. If you uh, ask many people of Pirate Nation, I would think, guys, don't you think NC State's our biggest rival? I definitely say so. Um, obviously, we, we don't play them, but every three or four years and sometimes not even that frequently. And uh, that's something that, you know, we'd, we'd love to play that game a little more frequently. But uh, due to their passion, um, they're a little bit more passionate about their football program than the University of North Carolina. And, and our history runs deeper with NC State than it does North Carolina. So, so I definitely, definitely say so. And then uh, you obviously you have UCF that's moving on to the Big 12, but over the last couple decades, we've 
developed a, a nice rivalry with them as well. And then, and then you have other programs uh, regionally like uh, Navy within the conference and then uh, a non-conference opponent, uh, the likes of Marshall or App State. Yeah, UNC is just scared, Jack. That's really what it is when you, when, when it, when you break it down. UNC is scared. They're scared. Well, we've actually beat them the last three times. In fact, Jack, we had a really bad <laughs> team in 2018, and we still beat them, even with a bad team. So that's why – that's why they're scared to play us. It's like, wow, the Pirates were bad, really, really bad, and and they beat us. So, um, you know, that's that's the thing. So being a Pirate is having your chip on your shoulder. People don't believe that we can do it. And and the fact that we were in the 90s with Matt's team's giant killers, that's, that's, uh, that's what we are. And that's what uh, – I love being the underdog. I don't know about you guys, but I love being the underdog and – going in there you were talking about you hit on something that's a true being about being a pirate jack is going in there proving yourself there are a lot of kids that they get overlooked they should be going to sec schools acc schools and people say they're not big enough they're not strong enough and that's why when you see the nc state on the schedule that's why the people get up for those games those players do because they were really good players and they got overlooked don't you think matt I think so. I mean, that's definitely part of our, you know, of our DNA here, Dave. I, I completely agree with you, for sure. Uh, Bubba, I know that we have people commenting on and questions on, uh, by the way, you can ask your question for Jack on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. And I know people are uh, really excited to have you, Jack. I know we have another question, I believe. Is that from Elliot? Uh, we, we had a few people chiming in. Uh, and just to okay. clarify, you know, Jack is a graduate transfer. Um, as a result of the situation with COVID and um, you know, players playing in this era, they, they received that year back, 2020 did not count. Uh, so you have two years to play. Yes, sir. So and that clarifies that for some folks who were just tuning in. Uh, we had mentioned that earlier on. And then besides that, um, they were they were asking what position that you're playing and, and you're, you're playing the rush, uh, you know, outside linebacker position in Blake Carroll's defense. Yes, sir. What message would you have for Pirate Nation now that you're new to Pirate Nation but and being a player? Um, how do you get more people to come back? That's one of the things we have, the hardcore, the cements of the world, the Richmonds of the world, Rosenbaum and Kyle couldn't join us, Kyle Barbers of the world. How do you get those uh, people back and excited, like, say, the, the casual fans? What would you say to them? I mean, I'm heading out there tomorrow morning. Um, I'm stoked to be there. I'm stoked to be a Pirate. Um I can't wait to meet the guys, meet the team, but you know, I'm I'm gonna give it my all, and, and we're gonna win some ball games. Um, that's what I told Coach Houston when I called him. I said, "Let's let's do this thing." Um, so we're we're gonna be exciting, we're gonna be entertaining, we're gonna be fun to watch. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't want to miss it. And Jack, I know one of the things that the coaching staff um, impressed upon you in your visit, as well as you, you seeing this on your own, I'm sure on YouTube, as well as other social media. And that is what Elliot's saying here, um, that season opener against NC State, um, there will be 51 and a half thousand people at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium in a raucous atmosphere that day. Uh, hopefully we'll get a 3.30 kickoff. But uh, and just talk about some of the ways the coaching staff, you know, presented the fan base to you in, a, you know, in videos or what have you. Uh, I mean, they just – they didn't have enough good things to say about it. Um, 
said they're loyal. They said kind of like what you were saying earlier, Dave, like this is the team. Um, this is the team in the area, and this is the team that everyone backs. People love ECU. People love the Pirates. People love purple and gold. So, I mean, they just express the energy, how it's a, how it's really a, a football town right there, and, and everyone loves the Pirates, and can't wait to see it myself. Yeah, like you're saying, Jack, I mean, we, when you were going around the city of Greenville, I mean, you see purple and gold flags at the car dealerships. You see a purple and gold uh, sign at BB&T, or I guess Truist as it is now, on the bank downtown near the University Book Exchange, on which you'll definitely become familiar with if, if you're not already. Yeah, I mean, the community support was by far definitely very visible and something that, that I think a lot of visitors take notice. So I'm just excited to see it during football season. Be great. We uh, certainly are great, uh, grateful that you made the decision to come to Greenville, and uh, certainly want to remind fans to get your tickets at go to ecupirates.com, one eight hundred dollar ECU. Keep that in mind, as uh, we're happy to have Jack. And do you have anything before we go, Jack? Nope, that's it. Go Pirates! All right, thank you so much for being with us, and uh, safe travels. And we'll see you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. All right, take care. Wish you all the best, Jack guys uh, very excited to have uh, him here he he's uh, another example of uh, what it's like to be a pirate you know coming in he's got two years I think he can make a huge impact and and I think that's uh, we were talking about the linebacker room I think that's exactly what we need is uh, somebody with experience uh, adding a lot of depth uh, he seems to be a very excited kid very excited a uh, very exciting player as I haven't had this chance to see a lot of film, a little bit of um, what I've seen on social media. So looking forward to diving in there, guys, uh, especially with uh, we've got guys leaving, um, not to rain on the parade here. Um, you know, that's a disappointment. But obviously, um, one of the things, Matt, uh, the reason I bring that up is you always hear the cliche, next man up. Jack is another example, next man up. Here's a great opportunity for him to come in to make a huge impact. And uh, when you think about, guys, I was just thinking about that yesterday about NC State. That's going to be an electric atmosphere. I really believe that might be the game to really set the tone for this Mike Houston era. Finally, we get the kind of crowd that Mike Houston and these players like Jack deserve um, in the stadium. Um, when you think about all the variants that are going through, all the cancellations, all the stuff we've dealt with uh, in my day job, the different role that I have. Uh, that I have to deal with every single day. But just the fact that um, the excitement this program deserves. Matt, you are a former player. You deserve to have this program at the level. Um, we can't go back in the past, but certainly um, we are far from where it was in the 90s. And uh, we've got work to do to roll up our sleeves. But I think that when you have a guy like Jack come in, I'm really excited about him and a lot of the new additions we have. And the kids that are going to the NFL, the one thing I will say is um, be careful in the fan base. I don't want to um, – we're disappointed they're leaving, but I will say this, they are a pirate, and they gave us a lot of great games, and I'm really happy. Um, another thing, guys, to think about, that think about this. We've been kind of in a drought, if you will, for guys going to the NFL. So I'm happy these guys are have a real – legitimate chance at the league. And I don't think, um, I think when we're building a program, the last thing we want to do is to 
put these kids down for going for their dream. If they want to go on, then we need to wish them well. And I'm not saying you guys on the show and the people that are watching, listening to the show, most of them probably are, are sensible. But I'm just hearing things. I'm just disappointed. Um, not a lot. You know, it's like the fan base, I guess, the lunatic fringe. But I just want to make sure to say that on the show with you guys. Um, let's tone it down. I know we live in a different world now than Matt and I did uh, when we were in college. Um, but if you have an opportunity, that would be like me having an opportunity in broadcasting at the highest level, New York City. Um, if I had the chance to go to New York City, I, not now because I have my family. But it, but there again, if you have you can't uh, fold a kid if they have a chance of millions of dollars. Um, not that they're going to be first round pr- uh, picks, but at the same time, I just uh, it bothers me that they're pirates and to have some fans get mad at them. Um, you, mm-hmm. Yes, be disappointed. We don't want them to go, um, but at the same time, if that kid has an opportunity like a Tyler Sneed, why would you be upset um, for him to 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 do better? Yeah, and I think it's a it's a really great point, Dave. And I and you know you hope that people are able to to separate their disappointment for the program and be able to uh, wish the best for these for these young men. And and you know, listen, I, my big thing is um, you just hope that they're getting great advice. You hope that they're getting great advice, you know, from the people around them, and that they're making the best decisions they possibly can. I mean. You know, when I look at Tyler Sneed and you know, I'll start with Tyler Sneed. I mean, he's had a tremendous career here. He's he's basically overcome all the odds. He's just an unbelievable player. He's a huge loss for East Carolina, not only in the passing game because he's a clutch player. He makes big catch after big catch, but he's also in the punt return game. Extremely reliable. You can count on him to be a reliable presence back there. He's going to catch the ball. Um so a huge loss there. And I definitely think, you know, people are going to talk about the size. They're going to talk about the fact that he's short. He's not big enough. The kid is a football player. Put him on a football field. He will make plays. I have no doubt. Um, and, and, you know, I don't always like when people say, oh, you know, they, they compare him to guys on the Patriots and put him in Bill Belichick's system. The kid's a damn football player. Put him in any system. I think he'll make plays. Is he small? Yeah. He's going to take big hits, but he can play, no doubt about it. So, so that's my feeling, you know, on Snead. Hate to see him go, happy for him. Um, I think he has a good chance. McMillan, another massive loss on the defensive side of the ball. You talk about reliable players, ball hawk, he's physical. He can come up and tackle people. Um, you know, would I have liked to see him stay another year? Absolutely, without question. Um, but, again, you got to trust that they're getting advice from the right people, from their agents, from coaches, um, and they feel like they have a very good chance to get drafted. I mean, if you're going to take this chance, you better get drafted, in my opinion, um, because if you go as an undrafted free agent, your chances of sticking are very, very slim. Um, so I just hope it works out for both of them. I think they're both NFL caliber players. Um Hopefully they find the right fit, the right system, the right coach, and and it works out. But we will definitely miss those guys in East Carolina. No question about it. Again, we don't want them to go, um, like I said. So it's not like I'm pushing them out the door um, or pretending like that it's not a big loss. But I will say this. 
now now is your chance. Those uh, players like Jack or different ones coming in or the guys maybe that have played on the scout team that are working their tails off, they're trying to, you know, trying to make it, or people that maybe a second or third stringer is now is your chance to step it up. Yep, no doubt. Next man up. Bubba, do you have anything? Yeah, along the lines of, you know, who's leaving? I mean, yeah. um, you know, you, you mentioned Tyler Sneed. I mean, you had Nolan Johnson, Nolan, a cornerback who had played 12 games. And so he played in every game and started three. And so he, he did have a fairly significant role on this team. I'm sure he was wanting to be a, a everyday starter or not every day, every game starter, I should say. And, uh, in addition to that, uh, you lost a guy in David Laney who did not factor into the equation this year, another defensive back. Uh, you lost a pair of long snappers. And um, so that right there gives you five. And you have Asa Barnes, who was a, a running back, I want to believe out, I want to say out of the Raleigh area. And in addition to Asa Barnes, um, there has been speculation about Jaquan McMillan. Have you guys seen anything definitively there yet? Uh, Per Stephen Igo at Hoist of Colors, um, Jaquan McMillan was looking pretty doubtful, but uh, maybe, maybe he will be back. We shall see in the coming days. And then there was some, there was someone else, uh, I think another walk on in the program that had chosen to leave. So I mean, yeah, you have probably at least eight to ten guys who have been in the portal, but everybody's reasoning's different. I mean, just because you see one is kind of the era we live in. And even prior to the transfer portal era, you know, going back to when Matt was in the program, um, there wasn't all the social media that we have now, so it wasn't so publicized. But when right. you have a roster um, the size of a football team, you're going to have guys leaving where it's not necessarily a bad thing. It may be, you know, kind of an addition by subtraction situation, or it could be just guys that wanted to play more who were on excellent terms with Mike Houston and his coaching staff. And you've, I've noticed uh, from some of these guys that I just named, uh, they've put stuff out on social media. Um, it, maybe they weren't on good terms. I have no way of knowing, but uh, they, at the very least, and they took the high road, and uh, they they were very complimentary of Mike Houston and his coaching staff uh, on the way out. No question. I think that's Matt. That's uh, you. You've been a part of that, being in at East Carolina. That's exactly what it is. It's a matter of you know, guys. Today, there's there, and another thing too, guys, is that I will say that. Um, because we live in the world of social media, there are people that are, that are chiming in, you know, family and friends telling you, hey, come on, uh, Matt, you need to transfer because you can play at Rutgers. You can play at, you know, these big time schools, a Big Ten school. Matt, come on. Why are you playing in that little old East Carolina and Greenville, North Carolina? You know, when the reality is uh, you know, some of the kids, they think they should play the freshman year. Um, I'm from a different era where. You know, it was more of the upperclassmen played and you kind of earned your keep. You uh, worked very hard and, and then all of a sudden you found yourself in the starting lineup. Yeah, it's just such a it's just such a different mentality. And, you know, the, the portal is a funny thing. It really is a funny thing. You know, when we when we lose guys to the portal, I'll curse it all day long. That damn portal. It's a disaster. And then on the flip side, you know, when we bring a guy in, right, like like. Uh, the lineman from from West Virginia, um, his name is escaping me. I apologize. Parker Moore. Parker yeah. Moore, thank you. Uh, then you love the portal, right? You love it. Oh, this portal's the best. 
um, you know, it, it's funny how that works, but, um, you know, it, it really is an interesting time in college football. There's a lot of things happening right now that I am, I worry about the overall health of the sport. Um, I find myself getting a little turned off by some of these things going on with the bowl games and the opt outs. Uh, I get it a lot of times from the player's standpoint, but from a fan's perspective, it, it tends to turn me off a little bit. So it's just a crazy time. It seems like um, it seems like college football in the last year has is undergoing or in the process of undergoing huge changes, huge changes with the NIL, the opt outs, the, you know, all these all these different things going on. So as a coach, you know, I, I don't know how you manage it sometimes as a coach, because like to your point, Dave, we're talking about guys who are potentially leaving our program. Now you have to go back out and find somebody to replace them and you have to make sure your numbers are, are appropriate. And it's it's got to be very, very challenging um, from that perspective, to say the least. No doubt. And uh, you and Bubba have played uh, football, obviously, with a number of players. It's not um, I'm not making light of it, but, you know, with a basketball team, you know, you have a few guys leave. That's significant. Or handful, but then again, going back to what we we're talking about, but but then when you have the transfer portal, uh, like Joe Dooley's case on the hardwood, we'll get out of here in just a few minutes for that very reason. That's why I brought that up, is that you might have a, I think that some fans, uh, as far as basketball is concerned, think, oh, we're a failure because we're placing guys. No, that's kind of like the the world we live in now. It's like we call it the college football free agency. So we're kind of having <laughs> to deal with. We're kind of having to deal with an era that we're not uh, familiar with. Speaking of which, Elliot has a question. Um, he he was at, uh, I think it was Elliot. Was that Elliot or Mark? Um, let's go back up here a second. Um, I'll put that up on the screen for you guys. Said So I read yesterday that an ex-NFL player has offered the quarterback at Oklahoma $1 million to transfer to Eastern Michigan and play football. He's in the portal, by the way. Is this legal? Depending on how they're going about things, it's absolutely legal. Now, the Eastern Michigan coaching staff, um, they, they're not supposed to arrange anything. I mean, but in the way this is apparently happening, you know, you have Charlie Batch, who's an Eastern Michigan alum, mm -hmm. who played for the Lions, the Steelers, et cetera. Um, mm -hmm. and Charlie Batch apparently has a company, and he was going to be paying Caleb Williams, Oklahoma transfer, one million dollars uh, if he attends Eastern Michigan, and I've heard that he's been offered at least two million to to go to the University of Georgia with Stetson Bennett on the way out the door. Wow! So that's the so yes, it's absolutely legal. Depending on how they're going about doing it, I mean, it could be legal. I mean, who knows what we're going to see? But in, in uh, you know some of these programs with major resources, if the stakes are high enough and um, <laughs> the funds are available, it's not um, out of question for somebody to be paid uh, 10 plus million and i'm sure in the coming years we'll probably see it unfortunately yeah guys i have nothing wrong I, I don't have a problem i'm not like old school like i get the world we live in now um i'm not oblivious to that and we, and we all know um i don't know if matt will be honest but we, we've all we all know that this has been going on for years that payers have uh players have been paid uh just check the southwest conference uh if you want to see that um but it just it bothers me. It just bothers me that when you have a player like at Oklahoma, for say, it just seems like it's a form of I don't know, guys tampering. It just seems like when you talk, we were talking NBA 
uh, in the green room with Jack earlier, but it just seems like it's a, a tamp. I don't know the, the right term if that's right. Um, but you know, all of a sudden you've got a guy at Oklahoma and, you know, I don't know. I have no pro issues with the NIL as far as that concept, but I, I really believe we've got to really look at, uh, one of the things I'm definitely for is national legislation to, um, to look into that because it just seems like it's the wild, wild west. I know we're new into it, but it's just, it's absolutely nuts. We're what, six months into it. Um, and. It just seems like the thing, I guess what I'm trying to say is the things were going behind the scenes, kind of black market, underground. Now it's like, oh, it's okay. Yes, it's okay. Right. You know? And I have no problems with the NIL. I just have a problem with, there's like, I guess what I'm trying to say, no structure to it. Yeah. Going back to what uh, Elliot said most recently, as far as I don't see how it's legal, uh, college players can't get paid, can they? Well, the name, image, and likeness, the NIL, as you'll hear it referred to, I mean, it's just changed things. And as of right now, Elliot, there there has been uh, no type of legislation uh, in, in terms of capping it. And yes, there is NIL legislation, you know, I mean, as far as some things to try to, to place some boundaries, but it's uh, fairly open-ended, I guess you could say. And as of right now, no, no cap on how much money can be brought in. I will say that a lot of this can vary from state to state. I know in the state of Georgia, um, that there was some very specific legislation by that state uh, saying that um, if a player has an NIL deal, um, for instance, at the University of Georgia, then X amount of that money, um, you know, has to be split with his teammates, and uh, and you can find that with a Google search as far as percentages. Yeah, and and the main thing is it cannot the the pay cannot be. Um, for on-field performance. So, so in other words, you, you cannot reward somebody for, you know, if you score 15 or more touchdowns, you get a $500,000 bonus. You know, it's, it can't have anything to do with on-field performance, um, even though we all know it ties back to that. So, so again, it's, it's just, I, I don't love it. I really don't love it. It's uh, Mark Calloway. This is disturbing. I agree, Mark. Uh, I agree 100%. I don't love it. Uh, and like Dave said, I'm not like uh, an old school guy. I mean, I, I, I understand like, you know, things change, things move forward. But, you know, you think back to like the SMU days, right? When in the 80s yeah. and, and I the recent, <laughs> one of the best 30 for 30s guys on yes. ESPN. Is, is, uh, Pony about Express. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Uh, all the things that were going on there. I mean, a lot of those things are are like Dave said, very similar to what's actually happening now. It's just, it's just out. It's, it's, it's out, it's out there. And, and, and uh, it's very ironic. And uh, I don't know where we're going. I don't love it. Um, but there's no stopping it. Hey, Matt, you remember the excellent line that David Blackwell have about that the other night uh, when he was talking to, he said one of his buddies, and I think maybe he had crossed paths with this guy and met him at uh Clipson um, during those years when he was on Tommy Bowden's staff. Oh, yeah. But uh, David Blackwell said that there was a guy that had an SMU background. And he said, you know, the funny thing is that, you know, we got the death penalty and then everybody flocked to the SMU campus to recruit our players. And it was probably going on to the to an even higher level in our or on our campus. Um, you know, the same things that we were doing and getting the death penalty for. <laughs> No, no. There you go. 
There you go. It's amazing how perspective can 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 get in the way sometimes. But uh, yeah, it's. Uh, but that I, was, I don't know where that we're was the University of Texas, and that was all. That was all those uh, household names. And I understand back in those days, you had the Southwest Conference, and then you, I mean you had SMU in, in that league. But obviously, uh, University of Texas carries a little bit more weight, and uh, and they didn't like SMU. Um, you know, kind of. Still in the show, still in their thunder, so to speak. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, by the way, uh, I think it was Elliot that wanted me to mention about Dave Doran. Um, he saw no advantage. Uh, we'll get out of here because we got a basketball game that's coming on right now. But Dave Doran said a couple years ago they have no advantage. Let me tell you something. Um, that's the world we live in. That's being a pirate. The problem they people can't accept is that they don't want East Carolina to be on par with them. Um, because they think that they're better than us. Um, so you have to, uh, I, I, to me, instead of getting mad about it, take that anger and make it motivation. You know, if normally you work, um, I don't know when, uh, how long working out, just double it, whatever you have to do. I mean, obviously within safety, you know, but as a player, um, I use that as motivation. I told my son, he asked me a couple years ago about trash talking about basketball. I said, son, don't get into that game. What you do is you make it rain, score 30 points on them. And that'll, you know, that's the way that you let the game do your talking. Um, right. So, uh, but anyway, I have a, you know, I'm not a fan of uh, Doran, uh, but that's a whole nother show. As they say, I'll tell you guys later about that story. But, um, but anyway, uh, that just adds more when we beat NC State. That just makes me enjoy winning the game um, even more. And he's entitled to say whatever he wants to say. But, uh, hey, um, you know, Mike Houston's building a great program. Um, and this is more reason to get Pirate Nation back into the stands um, because we can make a huge difference in that game. And uh, I think people will will see that with the players we do have coming back um, and the additions we'll have by then. And then when you look at the strength and conditioning, the whole and the coaching staff will be okay in that game. Um, it's not going to be 58 to three. I can promise you um, <laughs> for sure. So do we have anything guys we're, we'll get out of here. I know Bubba, we're going to have overtime, right? Right after this game, we're getting ready to watch. Yeah. Um, pirate basketball overtime coming your way about four 30 um, game is tipping off as we speak. And so and we'll get out of here and uh, I guess Dave, you'll be taking part in overtime. Correct. You, yes. Right. So, um, Dave, Matt, and I, as well as uh, B Pays, and potentially Kyle, we'll see what Kyle has on his agenda. But we'll we'll join you later on this afternoon, hopefully talking about the first two and O. Get this guy's first two and O starting conference play for East Carolina basketball in twenty five years. I can't believe that. So uh, good luck to the Pirates again. Join us for a Pirate Bat if you're watching live, and join us for overtime right after the game or soon after. And we'll do that for you. Thank you to Jack Powers, our special guest, as he's part of Crew 22. Matt Semenza, man, you're the best, Semenza. And we can't wait to get you one day one day back down to Greenville uh, very, very right, soon. Sir. Bubba, Bubba pr appreciate you so much. And we look forward to having Kyle back very soon as well. Until next time, you've been watching and listening to The Sports Objective. Good day, everybody, and go Pirates. <laughs>